Um, we are going to do our podcast, uh, Experience the Branding 360 Effect. Uh, we are going to be talking about these bold thinkers that, you're, um, that you were expressing about. I find it really interesting. I thought I was going to get a different answer when I asked that. Um, I was expecting that people would look um, outside themselves like really, really high up. And you guys actually are showing me that the bold thinkers that you can think of are actually around you within arm's distance. And I find that really interesting. And I'm wondering why that is. Because there are so many people out there, um, even in the media, that say that, you know, like we're looking at these people and making them into these like godlike people. And yet we've got bold thinkers around us every day of our lives. Um, each one of us has a way that we touch somebody um, during our lives. This, this has kind of come up at this point in my life because I, um, and I have some questions I'm actually going to ask of you guys, but it came up because I've uh, had a family member, uh, because I was from California, I moved out here about two and a half years ago, and I've had a family member who lost his home in the Paradise Fires in Northern California. And he just bought the home, young couple, brand new married, only a year, have a three-month-old baby, and they looked out the window and saw smoke and went, uh-oh. And so they packed themselves up and they just trusted their gut and got out. And thank God they've got neighbors that burned in their houses because they didn't get out fast enough. And um, I look at people like him who he will stand in front of a crowd of children uh, for this group called Odyssey Teams. And they encourage people to get up and to help and work together in collaborative teams and different things like that. And he's always the one lecturing and talking to people about inspirational things and about how to move forward in life. And, you know, I would look at him as a bold thinker. And he's now so humbled because he's having to ask for help because he's had everything taken. And he doesn't put a lot of uh, um, relation, or he puts relationships above things. So he can live without the things. But it's just so traumatic because it's so devastating when you look. It looks like a bomb went off out there. So one of the questions, it says, everything will come up in its own time, including your next great idea. Until your next flash of inspiration comes, here are some questions to reflect on. And one of the questions that really hit me was, do you seize moments or let them you know, flip by? Uh, two days ago, I said, oh, I've got to do something. What are my skill set? And how can I help this young man who is my family member who I saw you know, grow up from a little baby. I was 10 years old when he was born. What can I do? So I started a fundraiser to raise $25,000 for him. And in two days, we've already got over $5,000. And some of you in here have actually donated. Thank you. Um, so do you seize moments? Kathy, you seized a moment. God darn it, Kathy's Kate. Faye, I always do this. It's when I talk about your business. I, t I call you Faye, right? Faye. She's fake, fake Kathy to me. Um, tell them the moment you seized. Please. I know it's her birthday. Yeah. Yep, it could be emotional. I mean, I just got emotional, darn it. All right. <laughs> And so when I um, 
had gone in and chatted with her. It was a little bit of a stretch of a conversation because she had given me a 30-minute time frame to have a conversation with her. And then it came down to I had about nine minutes because she was preoccupied and she said, I'm leaving here on the dot at 3.30, so go. So it was a little bit of a tough conversation. And, but I can hold my own. I'm not really sure if I'm dying, but, but I left there thinking that that was a futile moment. Well, if you're like me and you believe pennies are from heaven, I walked down to my car in this unbelievable parking lot and just at my door was a penny. So I kind of felt like Kathy had tucked that penny there, so I seized the moment. Mm -hmm. And the, the glass half full versus empty. Great. Fabulous. This woman had a friend who passed away from cancer, and the whole reason that she started her business um, was because of this woman, because uh, she had encouraged her over and over and over to start this business, and she kept saying, no, 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 no. And once she had another one of her friends have this happen, she went, I have to do this. And so she sees the moment. I see that as a bold thinker. All of us start our businesses for certain reasons, right? So you know, when was the last time you had an excellent idea? You know, John, you've got your wonderful cybersecurity business and, you know, you probably have the ability to collaborate with lots of different people and you're running this wonderful business. Um, you know, when was the last time you had an excellent idea that you actually seized? Well, I don't know if I could uh, take personal credit for it. Um, actually, I have two different things. I, I'll say one is um, one of the reasons Steve Jobs is one of the, you know, bold thinkers that comes to mind is because of his, I was always focused on the user experience, right? And um, uh, about three years ago, I was, because I was so passionate about uh, customer service, I was encouraged to uh, write a book about it. So um, I kept resisting and saying, no, I got a business to run, I don't have time to do any of that. Or, uh, and, and, but I kept getting these God messages, right? But all these people would say, you should write a book write a book. And so after about the fourth person, I, I did write a book. So I, I kind of see that moment. And I wrote a book about customer service with uh, Bern Harnish did forward, who's another bold thinker. But um, in a more practical application here in the last several days, I, I signed up with a, um, a company to do some uh, SEO stuff for me and a couple other things on my site. And uh, the experience was just really poor. I actually knew the guy for a really long time, so I was stunned at the poor customer service, in fact, which I, I hate to say I'm a, a huge critic. Well, <laughs> if, you've, if you've written a book yeah. <laughs> on customer so, service. Um, you know, I had a really poor experience, but in that, in, you know, trying to learn everything that I could learn um, just from the experience, I started looking at some different things he was doing, and one of the things he was doing was promoting this um, service for uh, one of his other partners that does dark web monitoring. Uh, for those of you who are not sure what dark web is, it's, it's kind of a place where all the hackers live on the internet, which is a much larger percentage of the internet than the actual internet you all serve. So um, I said, well, what is this? So I started to investigate it. I went down the road, I looked at it, and it's an amazing service. Um, and so, uh, and it monitors basically for, um, uh, credentials for sale, right? So your username and password for sale on the dark web. So the service monitors the minute becomes um, goes on up for sale, they see that, and then we can alert and um, take proactive measure or reactive measures in this case to get passwords changed and so forth. So um, 
I grabbed a hold of that and I sent a message out to my customer base and we had a, like a 40% return of sinus up. Wow. So that was a moment I said. Yeah, that, that's absolutely a moment that uh, you've seen an excellent idea that you felt that could help your client base, which is great. So how do you sift through ideas when you actually come to them? So um, you guys all started your business, right? And you said, okay, I'm going to do this particular business. How did you go through the thought process of choosing? Like, you're a chef. How did you decide to do that? Because that's quite a very specific thing to do. It's not just like, I'm a personal chef. <laughs> you know, how did you, how did you figure that out? You got laid off. So somebody forced your hand. Yeah, so I was teaching at a school called Le Cordon Bleu, and they ended up closing all of them. So we all got laid off. Wow. And so after that, I took about eight months or so to try and figure out what I wanted to do next. And what I didn't want to do next was go back to the food industry, because I had already done that for several years. And for those of you that have maybe never worked in the food industry, as an executive chef in a hotel or a restaurant, you are there all the time. And when you have a family, it's very difficult to raise a family when you're working that kind of job. So I didn't want to go back to do that. So I, I asked myself, what can I do that is still cooking but not working in the industry that I don't care for anymore? And I said, I'm just going to cook for myself. Wow. So I started my own business, and I had a lot of uh, referrals. Just through do you actually have a commercial kitchen you work out of? No, I do everything at people's homes because my licenses don't permit me to do it in my own home because I can't. Uh, you know, at a home kitchen, it's not inspected by the health inspector. So legally, you cannot just make chicken dishes and, like, deliver them to people. If people do that, it's illegal. You can't do that. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be doing that at an actual kitchen that is inspected. You know, so I don't do those kinds of services. So the services that I offer actually are specifically at people's homes mm -hmm. because that's what I can legally do. So, so you sifted through this because, number one, your hand was forced. Yes. Number two, you went through the thought process, I don't want to go back to where I was. Right. And so your only thought process was, well, I guess I'm going to become an entrepreneur and do yeah, this. pretty much. Wow. Yeah. That's fabulous. How about you? I know you had a life-changing event that caused you to go into medical massage therapy, right? So you I talk about that? Almost 12 years ago. Can you believe it? She had a stroke. Wow. She couldn't use the side of her I body. Yeah, because when she had the stroke, it actually affected your brain in some fashion, right? Where there were, you couldn't. And I could not feel my left hand when I was in long massage school. That's a weird thing to do. Yeah, <laughs> so. Brain engineer, you can't feel your hand. Now I can feel the cranial sacral rhythm, just, you know, all sorts of delicate stuff. Because I was aware of my deficit. No, 
that amazing? That's just amazing to me. So when you think about your goals, okay, selling homes, getting people, your life insurance, you know, mortgages, all the rest of it. So what one thing or two, couple things, it could be a lot of things for people, but what um, keeps you from actually achieving goals? Um, I know for me that I found that I was sabotaging myself because of my self-talk. And so coach would know that. Um, I joined a mastermind group of women and put something in front of me that I said, these are my burning desires. I want to design a difference and I'm going to live in the now rather than talking about what I didn't do yesterday or what I was going to do that wasn't happening, you know, and my expectations for those. So what kind of things have stopped you guys from achieving your goals and how can you make a difference to change that just by changing even one thing? Ellen, you look like you are agreeing with that thought process. Different teaching or de credentials and things? Well, the classes and so for people that I was a diagnostic test kit, and so my sister was in real estate, one of those one have to do with the other. I came here, I specialized, and I really actually practically looked for clients with children with special needs. Not only could I help them with their housing needs, but I spoke their language. I understood the IEP process. Wow. No, but, but what kept you from achieving your goal? I mean, initially it was that you didn't have, and then you had to kind of switch gears, right? So fear of people um, are, are being rejected? Fear, I think, of being rejected more. Interesting topic for a conversation, right? <laughs> so, you know, for you're, you're, you have something to say, right? Well, I, I, yeah. I would have thought that would be the number one answer, right? Because I think that's what holds people back. Well, most people would probably have, wouldn't say it. Hey, here, here, here. Mm -hmm. right. Because even, you know, when you're, when you're, when you're, especially when you're starting out, right, thinking about, okay, I'm going to be writing $20,000 checks out of my bank account, covering payroll while we get started. I, that's the scary thing, right? And is this the right person to hire? Do I really want to give them $5,000 a month to pay salary? You know, those are scary things to think through, right? So mm -hmm. fear can make you go, no, I'm not going to do that this month, mm -hmm. you know, or whatever. And it, 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 hold, it can hold you back because you're, you're not doing the things necessary to try to do uh, it's a great point. I've got a, a yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, uh, for me, um, it would be family. Mm. Because uh, I have two kids that are in college, and I have one left at home, and a husband, and they're used to me always doing everything for everybody. Um, and so, um, unfortunately, they're not very respectful that now, you know, I'm You've, like, you're I, building I a business. I'm building a business as well, 
and why can't you still just do everything else that why you did before? So it's 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 a it's a it's a really it's great a point. It, it absolutely it's a delicate balance, Robert. Mm-hmm. And to conflict, your your purpose is going to win out over that goal. Give an example. Uh, for example, let's say I want to go earn a million dollars, but you want to provide love and joy for people. And in order to get to that point, you have to step over somebody or you have to put somebody down. It's going to conflict with your purpose. And you'll sabotage yourself. And your yourself. purpose will always win over a goal. Okay. Because if you think that you need to overstep someone or have a conflict, you must believe that this is true. So I'll give you an, another example. Okay. Let's say you're working with someone you're in partnership with, and that person wants to go a completely different direction. How are you going to get to your goal without going over that person or around that person? Why do you need that person? That's right. That, that's what I would say is why. why Right, but your love of that person. He's talking about the dichotomy of the, the, his, his, the base belief system that they care about the person can cause a challenge. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What I see is a lot of times people, and particularly women, will hold on to certain goals and aspirations that really aren't there. Mm -hmm. There are things that, and, and, and a lot of young people have it too, like they think they need to be a doctor because that's what mom and dad always said, and they don't do well in school because that's not what they really want to do. But sometimes people don't know, so they try to do all of them, and they end up sabotaging themselves not doing well at, at any of them. And, and a lot of times when I'm sitting down with people and having them tell me their goals, I also will start seeing some conflict. And I'll tell people, I said, well, if in three years, if we haven't gotten any closer to this goal, you have to promise me that you're going to let it go. Guilt-free. Mm-hmm. The let go, everybody looks and goes, yeah. And it's like, but now guilt-free. And particularly for women who think, oh, I'm supposed to do everything else at home because that's my job. It's a conflict. And when those emotional conflicts get in there, they, they make people stumble. And so... I just try, money to me is just a tool to reach your goals. Mm -hmm. I just help people align that so they reach their goals more efficiently. And so a lot of- you see they, people, like Robert's trying to say, mm -hmm. they, they get in their own way. That's one way we get in their own way. Right, and I have found, um, because you know, I've been in business for as long as I can remember, um, and I've been doing things since I was 24 and 49 now, and um, I have found that there are people that you, when you first initially meet them, they seem to be going along the same route, but there's a base system that's, you know, different. And so it can cause conflict. Um, David, so you're being mentored by a gentleman named Kenrick Cleveland, right? And over the years, you've had certain challenges in places, and you found this wonderful gentleman who helps overcome objections and things like that, right? So what can you tell us about like pain points and other things like that? Well, for me, uh, the awakening moment was that I realized that I live in a 360 degree world. And I can go any direction I want to, and I can't. And the thing is, when you realize that and it dawns on you, I don't have to keep going down this path. Just because others have and doing this and stuff may not get where I want to go. I could turn around and go completely 
I, I call it failing forward. Um, I have done some things in, uh, uh, built a design studio from scratch. Uh, all I knew was that I loved to draw and started it and did what I did. And now I've had a design studio for 14 years and now my 19 year old daughter, who is a very timid, beautiful little girl, very talented illustrator. Um, I was gonna use her as an example that uh, she, because we have an established business, we were able to get her um, illustrating an entire children's book um, for a, a company. And we are walking her through teaching her character development. We are walking through teaching her how to wireframe storyboard. She's never done any of this stuff, although she's been drawing for probably 10 years now. And I've been mentoring her all along, peppering things, and now all of a sudden she's doing this. And we got to a point about halfway through the project where I was telling her that at some point, the person who, we, who has hired us will give us feedback and it may not be something that you are desiring to have because you love drawing and you're so emotionally connected to it. I said, in order for you to make a living doing this, you're going to have to learn that you can't keep it that close because people are gonna tell you to make something chartreuse green when you know that that's not gonna work and it's gonna look terrible. Um, but she got a little bit of feedback and it wasn't anything I knew it was really easy to make the change, but she had to go through the emotional upset and the, the fear kicked in and she was like, I don't wanna do this, I don't wanna, this is, I'll go work at Hobby Lobby, I'll go do something else. And she actually went through that process and she had to go through it. We sat down with her and I said, Aubrey, our experience that we have tells us that this is going to take us five minutes to make an adjustment. And you don't know how to do it because you're just learning. But this is where you rely on mentors, people that you have relationships with, collaborators, people who cooperate with you to teach you and stand on our shoulders. And so, sure enough, went through, did the changes, and I had her come sit down next to me and I showed her, this is what you did, this is how I fixed it. And she goes, wow. She says, that didn't take you long. She was thinking she was gonna have to take three days you know, making these changes because it took her all this time to draw the stuff. But because of technology, we know how to make the, the adjustments the way she, she could do it. And sure enough, the client just went, that looks great, no problem. And we're almost done with the book and she's gonna have a beautifully published book that she has completely done from, I mean, I would have died at 19 to have an entire book that I illustrated and have somebody pay me to do it. And, but it's that fear, fear. Somebody talked to me um, once about fear as being, you know, people have hairspray, you know, or little, you know, breath mint shots, you know, kind of things. And he just sprayed it in front of me. And he says, what's this? He says, this is fear. He says, it's a thin veil that people make it stop because they think, oh my gosh, I can't walk through this, you know? But it's really just, it, it disappears if you walk. So I guess being a bold thinker, because um, I do believe that uh, that is um, my point in life, my, to design a difference for people, whether it's in design or it's doing something, you know, like the fundraiser for my, my uh, cousin. Um, I believe that we're all bold thinkers. Feel the fear and do it anyway. Uh huh. Yep. And having people to talk to about it, you know, um, 
experience the, the, the real estate in HD. You know, her name's Heidi, Heidi Davenport, and we were talking on text one day, and we were working on coming up with a tagline, and I said, well, experience real estate in HD, you know. Talk to, talk to Heidi. And everybody, has, she's like, oh, I don't know about that. And everybody, because I was like, oh, no, that's a winner. you got to do that. Everybody reacts to that, don't they? Yep, because you've got to experience the person, you know, and the business. And as you grow your business, you know, you're right now building it because this is what you want to do. But how does it scale and grow? And you'll start finding that when you collaborate and connect with other people, that you'll find things that you didn't know were, were there. Um, does anybody have anything else that they would like to say in regards to bold thinkers or thought processes and how you get through things? Because I know this is a smaller group today. As we get towards um, the holidays, um, we will probably see fewer people and then it'll pick up again. But um, we've been doing this now for a year and our meetups have been full from the get-go. I actually like this because it's not so, you know, Fluster, you've seen. We had like almost 50 people in here the first meeting we had, and it was crazy. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. But any, any other thoughts that anybody would like to share? One of the things you mentioned was limiting, or you said self-talk. Mm -hmm. And I feel like my own limiting beliefs, obviously related to that, does help, um, does keep me from progressing at times. So one of the things that I did, similar to a mentor, is I um, got involved with a life coach. Mm -hmm. share some similar experiences so when I do face that which is fairly regularly I talk with her weekly and she can help kind of get me back to where I need to be focus and I think that helps me a lot one of the things one of the things that people who make a million dollars or more one of the things that I, I, I because we deal in a, in a higher uh, a threshold of um, people nationwide um, this international business group, this one lady, she walks around with these people. They, they you know, do a million dollars in a heartbeat. And um, she said that the one common thing that when she interviewed these people, the one common thing they did was they read Think and Grow Rich every year. All of these people went through that process of looking at their goals, of going through their burning desires, of walking through. And we've talked about that. It's on one of my podcasts. You could look back earlier. Um, but they went through this and how they talked to themselves and how they dealt with those things and how they had to be in the now and deal with and push the other stuff away. And I will tell you that as soon as you push that stuff away, the stuff you want gets attracted to you. And that is why I am so thankful. Yep. Okay, guys. Here's, here's the real deal. My lovely wife, Tracy, I love her to death. And she got rid of the word need. Okay? She got rid of the word need. But I didn't yet. So every time I say need, she's like, uh, what was that you just said? I said, uh, require. So she changed the word need to require because need is an emotional state, right? Scarcity. I need, I need this. I, if I don't have it, I'm in trouble. Well, I require this. Okay, then let's get it done. It's a mindset change. And then there's the word try. We have the same thing with the word try. And I've, I've We're working, tried. we're doing, we're being. Yeah, you're, you're noticing that one better. Right, but, that, <laughs> but the point is... Since I've seen her get rid of these words because of Think and Grow Rich and some of the people we're working with, what a change. Especially with the level of, of authority that we command when we talk to people, how our character, how we stand a little bit taller, how people acknowledge us as an expert in our field. Because everybody here is an expert. You are. Yeah, if you come and say, gosh, business is really hard and I'm really trying you know, to get more business yeah. and I need okay. this, 
Oh, it's not going to happen because people don't want scarcity. They want prosperity. So if you turn it around and you change it to be, right? You're smiling because you know this, right? Personal experience. Well, it's not hard to get people to get there. Uh, It's probably more about listening to them and working with them to understand. I'm pretty. Yeah, I. You you can't you you can't fix things that people don't want to fix because they're not aware of it. But you guys are aware. You guys are going out and you're going to these meetups and you're doing things to further your businesses. So, with that said. Um, you know, there are a lot of people here that you could collaborate with and cooperate with and that I could see, you know, connections and ripples that you make. Um, I would ask um, as a personal uh, thank you um, to you. Thank you for donating to my, my cousin Travis, uh, um, Scott, Travis, uh, a few years back. Travis broke his neck. He's the same brother or brother uh, family. And... Um, had something uh, happen. And I don't understand the devastation that this family is feeling um, right now, but I do know that it's horrible because a lot of the Californians are feeling it right now. Um, But I will say that I stepped out and said, I'm gonna help raise $25,000 for this family. And in two days, we already have over 5,000. And I just wanna thank you. Those of you who have even just given $10, thank you for that. They lost everything that they have and um, I, I sent out a note, if you feel led to donate, that's great. I, I'd appreciate it. If not, just share it, because I really want to uplift this man who's always uplifted other people. So um, thank you guys for coming, and we are at time, and feel free to talk with each other, collaborate, and thank you so much. Appreciate it, and we will see you in two weeks. Oh, actually. Thank you.